We've been looking for a home in a great neighborhood, but they're all too small. Then we heard about the FHA 203K loan program, where we can add a room or two when we purchase and get a single loan to cover both the purchase and the room addition. What a great idea! Hey, welcome, welcome. This is Mike Young. Uh, welcome to our show, Love My Renovation Project, where we discuss all things regarding renovation, whether it's FHA, 203K, Homestyle, VA, or one of six other renovation loans, or no renovation loan at all. We've had clients that called us and use our services who are using their own money and going to do everything out of their pocket. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And you can use our services. Any consultant in the nations uh, can help you with your renovation project. So hang in there. Uh, enjoy the show. Uh, if you want to be part of the show, call us at 888-627-6008. That's correct, 888-627-6008. If you're a teacher, fireman, policeman, prison guard, EMT, and you're looking to purchase a home, you may want to consider a good neighbor next door uh, home. They're in targeted areas, I agree, but you get a 50% discount. So if HUD's got an appraisal on this thing at three or let's say $400,000, you bid $400,000. And two dollars, you're probably going to get the property, and then you're going to get a two hundred thousand dollar discount. Okay, so it's possible, but every once in a while, you're into a loan and you're having a problem with your renovation, and you can't find yourself anybody that'll speak for you or help you with your problem or issues. The loan officer that made the loan for you is off making new loans, and frankly. He has no responsibility after he closes that loan. That was his job. And then you hired a consultant who acted kind of like a uh, an advocate. And he isn't, but you might have thought so when he was helping you put that paperwork together. But the day it closed, he became an inspector. Uh, as an inspector, he's just there when you call him or the contractor calls him and says, you have some work that's ready to be inspected for payment. So uh, you'll have to excuse me. My rate, my uh, wife is a big fan of NASCAR, and I am watching the, the race, and our guy is number two at the moment. Give him a chance. He'll get up there. But anyway, so if you've got nobody there to help you with your 203K or your problems, your questions, try 203K911.com. Explain to us in the uh, message center there that uh, what the issues are that you're facing and many many times we can help you with just talking to you and telling you what to do and talking you through it without having to physically do anything ourselves if you want us to physically get involved then there is a nominal charge uh, but most I would say 99.9 percent .9 of all the people we've helped have been able to help them by telling them what to do and how to address the issue and that's most of the problem. People don't have problems. They have issues, and we can deal with issues. 
uh, got that from our trip to Jamaica. But many home buyers think they're consultants or advocates. We are not. You got to get that. I know I bid a job once for 159,000 in about four days. The borrower then had chosen their contractor, and who, after four and a half weeks, came up with bid 298. I was 159; they were 298. So they decided to get another contractor bid. I made the contractor or the homeowner pick their own contractor again. Uh, I said, "Use the phone book, call a friend. I don't care how you do it, but I want to see your contractor bid on this project." And they did that and came in at 161, 2,000 different than my bid. That is a good bid. There is nothing wrong with that bid. She was shocked. The owner was shocked and said, my contractor was trying to rip me off. I don't really believe that. I don't think your contractor was trying to rip you off. I think your contractor was in another place. What happens when you get so busy as a contractor? You just can't possibly take on any new work. So what you do is you give it to a contractor buddy of yours who needs work. And he says, give me a price on this job. And then the contractor you call adds 20% to it and submits the bid. Or 50% if he really doesn't want the job. He bids so high that you can't possibly take him. However, if you do give him the job, He's got plenty of money there to sub it out completely, 100% to another contractor. So if you've got a topic you'd like us to discuss on the TV or radio, then give us a call at 888-627-6008. Or if you don't want to do that, get a hold of us at 203k911.com and let us know about your issues. So let's get started today. Apparently, we have a lot of people in California due to due to the fires that are inquiring about rebuilding their home. In most cases, that'll not be possible with the 203k loan. Why? Well, a lot of times those fires get so hot. Many of the houses were older homes, and the foundation concrete was just not not able to it didn't have steel in it so you can't use that foundation again and if you can't use the entire foundation then HUD says you can't do a 203k uh, I know for years I saw a foundation that was beside the road out in uh, Alhambra Valley every time I drove by it there it was just a foundation and the subfloor and it sat there and sat there and sat there and sat there forever so one, it's not a home style, could be a 203K, provided there is a certificate of occupancy for the house that was on that lot and that they used the foundation. So it ended up getting fixed, but I don't know what loan or program they used. It wasn't us that they hired to do it. But the important thing is, uh, by the way, I just posted something on Facebook about the radio show. So if you're trying to figure out how to get online, if you go to Facebook and then uh, type 203 k online in the Facebook search, you should pop it right up and see our latest post, and you can click on there and get into the radio show that way. But we know there's a lot of people asking, because we're getting calls, lots of calls from California, about these uh, fires and can they rebuild with the 203K. It would be a wonderful deal if they could. Uh, 
in most of those areas that were fire affected, the maximum loan amount is 729000 or something on that order. Uh, so that's plenty of money to build a house. You already own the lot. Your water, gas, electric has all been to the site at one time, so you shouldn't have to pay all those brand new home fees, although you may have to because it was burned to such a degree. It'll be up to the county that you're in or the city that you're in. But when a foundation gets very hot, it can be rendered unusable. Now, if you have an engineer that will come out and certify that it's okay and meets current standards, then you can build using the 203K. So depending on how bad your house was burned, if it just burned a little bit of the top of the house and burned halfway down but didn't ever get close to the foundation, you may be good to go. So if you have a house with a foundation issue but you still have the house, that's easily a 203K. You can have a home and install or repair a foundation. Uh, we had that one. It was a 104-year-old home. It was built on four-by-four four posts that were actually dug and planted like telephone poles throughout the sub-area. And then they uh, nailed their stringers and joists across between those posts. And then at the top, they put the subfloor. It was an interesting uh, interesting thing. We've seen a lot of interesting foundation issues, a lot of foundations that uh, were pier and post. And pier and post foundations are not uh, taboo. If you've got a house and it's sitting on a pier and post foundation and you can show that your uh, the appraiser can show that the cops all had pier and post foundations, then it's common for the area, and HUD hasn't, doesn't have a problem with it. There's no requirement for a uh, concrete perimeter foundation. Uh, we did one out there in uh, Sears Point, Black Point, at Black Point Cutoff in Napa County, and it was uh, an interesting home because the house was there, and it had um, grade beams that ran perpendicular to the ocean, to the shore. So water, when low tide was out, then the house was dry underneath. And when the tide came in, it would actually go up under the house. And and it was built that way on purpose. And the lender tried to get us to make it a concrete perimeter foundation. And I said, no, no, we can't do that because if the tide comes in and fills that area, under the house with water, now you're going to have a really bad smell when the tide goes out and a really bad situation with humidity. It'll be too great. The house would not survive. But we had to fight tooth and nail to get that con uh, lender to back off of that requirement. There is no requirement. If that's typical for the area, then that's the what you stay with. Uh, this foundation was really substantial. And it was a good foundation, and there was nothing worth, nothing wrong with the foundation. The 203K was for uh, upgrading, updating the house on the inside. So if you got a house with a foundation, we can build a house. If you got a foundation, we can build a house around it. If you have a house, we can put a foundation under it. So we're doing one foundation repair right now. And you need to know uh, what's happened is it's got cracks in the foundation. 
substantial enough that an engineer said, we need to make some repairs. Now, we used to do a lot of foundations in the Oakland Hills uh, back in the 90s and uh, early 2000s. We would find there was a lot of hairline cracks, which really don't affect anything. If there's, if there's no a hairline crack there, concrete cracks, uh, concrete is porous. It, it's, it's not, it's kind of like a sponge. Water can work its way through it. So, but when you have hairline cracks that have actually gone uh, to the point where they're now, you know, half an inch wide and you can see there's no steel in it, you've got to keep it from spreading any further. So many of the engineers we've worked with over the years were saying the same thing, and that was they were using a 6-inch by 18-inch plate and straddling that crack the plate on the inside of the foundation, the plate on the outside, and bolting through it and tightening those bolts up. Uh, and they did that so often that I started suggesting that in my scope of work, and then I found an engineer who was doing a lot of these for us. When I provided that to him, he said, oh, well, you've already done my job, so what I'll do is I'll look and see if this is a viable solution for that house. And I will only charge your clients $500 flat fee to put my stamp on it. And so that we were saving the clients about anywhere from $1,500 to $2,000 per job just for that information. Uh, and our engineer was, I thought, extremely good to our clients. Anytime you can save somebody $1,500 or $2,000, gee whiz, we just paid saved you more than the cost of your consultation. And I got to tell you, consultants across the country can save you more than their fee. So when you call me up and say, well, gee, I looked at your fees and they're, gee, they're high. Or worse yet, you get a lender who's making ten to $15,000 on your loan who thinks your 500 or 700 or $800 fee, God, is there any way you could cut that in half? Is there any way you could tone it down? I said, yeah, when you cut mine in half, if you'll cut yours in half, how's that? Oh, God, no, I'm not going to cut mine in half. I love these guys. They're all about saving their client money at your expense, but they're not willing to cut their expense back, and they have the bigger fee. So good luck with that one, guys. That ain't going to happen. But Okay. There's another. We had another house that was built on a... It had lots of them, actually, that were built on hillsides with a steep downslope to the rear. And with that, the foundation had given up in a couple of areas. When you say it's given up, if the foundation has cracks with uh, more than one inch of separation, it's given up, especially if one side is rolling or rotating toward your house or away from your house. It's time to replace that section. Uh, Maybe the whole foundation. Who knows? It just depends on what the whole thing looks like as a as a total. I see we're coming up on the uh, first break of the stay. Uh, give us a call at 888-627-6008. Toll free to be part of the show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break.
We found the perfect house, but there's been no updating it for many years. Then we heard about the FHA 203K, where we can buy that home and get the money to fix it up all in one low interest rate loan. What a great idea! Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Call us at 888-627-6008 to be part of the show today. Um, so let's pick up where we left off. We were talking about foundation repairs on the FHA 203K. Uh, you can do it with any of the uh, loans that we have. Uh, you can replace foundations, do foundation repairs. There's a lot of lenders that won't touch a house if it needs a foundation repair. So check with your lender and be sure they're okay with it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's going to be stronger than it was before. It's going to be repaired. But I know of one lender in California that does not loan if there's any foundation repairs. Apparently they got burned on one that wasn't picked up, and they got sued because they weren't uh, on the ball and caught that error. But if you've got a foundation repair, 203K is a way to go. No doubt about it. We've done so many fairs. I see the engineering we talked about, a rotation. So there's three things to look at when you're looking at a crack in a foundation. Is it separated? And how much is it separated? If it's a quarter inch, you can try the plate solution, you know, where you put the three-eighths uh, three inch steel plate on each side and bolt it through the foundation to keep it from going any further. But if there's rotation, something's failed. Something is going on. So you're probably going to need to support the house and replace that part of the foundation. Uh, but if there's no separation, then you're going to look for rotation. Is, it, is the foundation falling towards you or away from you? It's rotating. Uh, and, of course, the third thing is, uh, who can tell me? Call me and tell me. <laughs> I'm going to get you guys calling me yet. Uh, but your engineer can shape. So you've got separation, rotation, and deflection, where the foundation is not lined up anymore, that part of it has come out towards you, maybe a half an inch or an inch. Uh, it's failed. You, you can't bolt that one back into place. Uh, you shouldn't be able to. So you may have to find out what caused it and fix it, and then put your new foundation in. So... Realtors, realtors, we got to come in here for some realtors. How would you like to sell every house you show? Well, who knows? You should be able to do that. If you've done your homework and you sit down with a new client and a new client comes up with you and says, look, I found the neighborhood we want to live in. It's wonderful. But haven't been able to find any houses. I've drove, driven the neighborhood, and every time I see a house with a for sale sign, and I see plenty of them, it doesn't have four bedrooms, and I need four bedrooms. Well, if you pay attention to the neighborhood and the schools they want to go to, and then you find that you're in that situation, it becomes a renovation loan. Add a new bedroom. You can go up, or you can go out, or you can go back. But you can add a bedroom and a bathroom, make a new master suite for them. So they get a brand new master bedroom and bathroom. 
Or if it's a two-bedroom, add two bedrooms and a, and a bath, a Jack and Jill bedrooms or something. There's lots of different potentials to get the house they want. So what you do is you take them out or you show them a picture of a house in the neighborhood. Can you see yourself in that house? Say, they, oh, my God, that's perfect. That's exactly what we're looking for. Does it have four bedrooms? Say, well, let's go take a peek at it. And you walk them through it, and you explain to them, under the FHA 203K, we can add a second story, or we can go in the backyard and take some of that space and add two bedrooms and another bath if you'd like. Uh, but that's entirely possible. The 203K, you can add a detached garage. There's a lot of buyers that look at that as, ooh, let's make a two-story detached garage and set the upstairs up for potential in-law quarters later on. HUD is not stupid. Underwriters are not stupid. And consultants are not stupid. We will see right through that. If you're adding living area, it must be attached to the main house or the main structure with a common wall. You can't add a detached garage with living area or potential living area. So forget it. If you're going to, if you have a detached garage, yes, you can convert that into another unit and then add a garage if you want to. And it's big enough lot. So, but if you take a client and make a list of all the things they want and then take them out and show them this house that's two-bedroom, what could they do? That list, have them make a deficiency list, a list of the things they would check, change if they could. Um, and that list becomes your scope of work for your 203K. We're going to add two bedrooms. We're going to add a detached garage. Uh, if you have a house and it needs a garage, you can add a garage as the as the main reason for having the 203K in the first place. So there's so much going on. Oh, we just had a pit stop, and our racer has just gone into third place. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my wife is going to be beside herself. Um it's funny when you marry a young lady that is into something you've never been involved with. It's funny to see a woman cheering on for those NASCARs, racers, but it's fun at the same time. So you got your deficiency list becomes your scope of work, and bingo, you sold that house. Um, if there is a duplex in the neighborhood, it's for sale. Think out of the box. If there's a duplex and you're looking for a bigger house, maybe turning that duplex into a single-family house might be a possibility. A triplex or a fourplex in the neighborhood might be converted to a single-family house. All this is possible with the FHA 203K. Okay? So just keep that in mind. Open your eyes to renovation loans because if your inventory is low, they are a very good source of improving your inventory without changing. Uh, well, everybody else is looking for houses they can't find. You, in fact, as the number one realtor in the area, are actually taking houses and making them 
what your client wants. And what's wrong with that? If if the house is half the size that they're looking for and needs a couple more bedrooms, give them the house they're looking for. Half the house is brand spanking new. That is a great idea. Okay. Now, we've got a, an interesting dilemma. Homeowner, I need an FHA 203K consultant. What should I expect from that consultant? So the borrower says, my lender recommended a consultant. I called, and the consultant he suggested suggests that I get a contractor bid before we meet him, before ordering his services. My contractor had experience with the FHA 203K program and indicated that the consultant gave her misinformation, and that's true. Lucky for this client that happened. So many, however, will listen and run out and have three contractor bids on their house on based on what? Quite often, you know, if there's blueprints, it's an easy thing to have it sent out to bid. But if you're doing some, maybe I'm going to paint, maybe I'm going to update the kitchen, maybe a bathroom. But when you're talking to the first contractor, he's making a list. And then he gives you a bid. And the second contractor, you happen to remember, oh, 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 I forgot. I need a new deck in the backyard. And I want handrails all the way around it. And maybe some seating. And then you're talking to the third contractor, and you give him pretty much the same list, but you forgot about the deck. And you remembered, let's go ahead and do both bathrooms. So not one of their bids is the same list. How do you compare them? when they're no longer the same list. You can't. So by having a consultant, the consultant is going to work with you and create a scope of work. So he creates the scope of work, and it's written, and he gives you a bid. So now you have an idea when the bids come in from the contractors as to what is it going to cost approximately for my renovation project. Now, isn't that a great idea? I think so. So you now have a bid. Let's say your bid to do the things you wanted came in to $75,000. So now you, you just with a click of the button, a click of his, uh, what do you call that thing, mouse, <laughs> you will get uh, all the prices out of it, and he'll send that out to bid to those contractors that you had identified. Now, does the contractor have have to have prior HUD approval? No. It has to be vetted by the, con the lender. That's all. So if he's got a license where licensing is required, I've always found it odd that Texas, wonderful state of Texas, licenses home inspectors but doesn't require a license for a contractor. So I could pack up, move to Texas, and start contracting tomorrow whether I had a license or not but I couldn't do a home inspection after 40 years of home inspecting that if I didn't have a license in their state, which I find interesting to say the least. Anyway, so what is the proper way to do it? So you call a consultant. They should be the first people on a job. If you're going to do a 203K, call the termite company too if you want to and have them do it. We don't need the termite report to create or start creating our 
full report. Once we get theirs, we can add it in uh, if we haven't already identified everything that, and we probably have. So when that blank uh, bid goes out to your contractors and the contractor bids start coming in, the homeowner has a bid already from the consultant. So that bid comes in from contractor one, and contractor one is at 77000 That's a darn good bid. If contractor two is at 73000 that's also a good bid. And if contractor three comes in with a bid of 99000 right away you know he is too busy for your job. So he's bidding high on purpose. He'll make $20,000 or $15,000 and never lay a hand or never lay foot on site other than what he did to make the bid, if he did that at all. So there's lots of things to take in consideration, but your, con your consultant should be one of the first people, if not the first person on the job. Get out there, help you create the scope of work, and give you a bid up front. That is the fastest way to close. What happens so many times, if, if your lender is telling you it takes 60 days to close a 203K, then why? It's because they are micromanaging everybody else in the transaction. Uh, 203K is a team sport. Uh, if you want to, send me an email at mike at my203kconsultant.com. Ask me for... 203K as a team sport, and I'll send you an audio file of an audio I did with that title. Uh, you can put it on a CD and listen to it as you drive around the country. In fact, I'll give you four of them, uh, four different aspects of 203K. Uh, one of them, however, is the investor program. So just take 203K out of it and insert uh, Fannie Mae Homestyle. And it's still true today as it ever was. So, let's uh, see. A common, a common FHA mistake. A common 203K mistake. I can't tell you how many times I see this a mistake in judgment happen. First scenario, the borrower wants to make his job cost as low as possible. He wants to keep the loan amount down. They tell us, we want the minimal amount of work that you can do. Well, I've got one right now where it wasn't quite that way, but he did the bare necessities, and he didn't. He planned to do other work that he didn't tell us about. But did he start when the contractor did? No. He didn't. He waited until the contractor was pretty much finished and ready for his final draw. He couldn't get his final draw because he had opened up some electrical and plumbing. He opened up work that requires a permit. Building inspector comes off to sign off the contractor's work so the contractor can submit his final draw. And lo and behold, he said, no, you've got that wall over there, the plumbing's out all over the place, uh, and you've got some electrical there that hasn't been buttoned up. Well, it was buttoned up until the homeowner unbuttoned it. Uh, very, very, very sad situation. Contractors' money is being holed up over $50,000, plus his holdback, which is another, what, 15000 or twenty. Uh, the key is here, that's scenario number one. We're going to get into some.
scenario number two right after we take a short break. So call us if you want to be part of the show at 888-627-6008. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay tuned. We found the perfect house, but there's been no updating it for many years. Then we heard about the FHA 203K, where we can buy that home and get the money to fix it up all in one low interest rate loan. What a great idea. Welcome back. Welcome back. Call us at 888-627-6008. Toll free and be part of the program. Ah, pages, pages, pages. <coughs> Excuse me. Scenario number two. No, that's still, we're still on scenario number one. Contractor starts working on a project and calls for his first draw. Nice, and the demo is complete. Oops. There's more demo that we called than we called for, which calls for a question. Why did you tear out these additional walls and the bathroom that had nothing to do with our scope of work? Then we get the answer. The borrower is having me do much greater scope of work than you did, and he's paying me out of cash, out of his pocket. This is fraud on the borrower's part. He agreed to do our scope of work and only our scope of work. That's fraud against FHA. That's fraud against the consultant. It's fraud against the lender. He's putting everybody in a tenuous circumstance. So uh, you need to stick with your scope of work. You lied all the way through it, saying you're going to do a lesser scope of work, and now we go there and demos all we can pay. He's probably done a lot more work, maybe fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, but the homeowner's paying him out of his bank. Well, that's great. Well, that project I only gave him two to three months to finish, and yet it took six months. Why? The borrower meets you at the next draw and complains about the work not complains about the work that's being done not in our scope of work. Well, I'm sorry, but that isn't in our scope of work. I'm not required to look at that work. You hired the contractor to do that work. You have to watch that work and make sure and make your complaints known. We do care about it, but we're helpless to do anything about it. You want me to look at that work? Then you're going to pay me another scope of another draw inspection fee, and I'll be happy to look at that work. But now I need a list. I need to review. I need to get it into a format that I can deal with. So there's costs and expenses to do that. They're small. But they're still there. And had the lender put or the uh, borrower put the whole thing into the first loan, okay, if he'd have put it down, let's say he, instead of the $30,000 that he gave us for a scope of work, he put the entire $100,000 in there and then put his 70000 in cash down as part of his down payment. He'd have the same loan amount. And now we can look at it at no extra cost. And the fun part of that is he can actually 
tag some of that cash he's putting down as money he's putting down against the contingency reserve. So if it's a $100,000 project and he's got 20% contingency, that's 20000 of the 80 he just put down, or 70 that he just put down, he can get back in cash if they don't use it. Okay, so uh, it would have been a better deal for them, and he would have had somebody watching his back. Uh, in this case, it was a she. Uh, totally unhappy with me because, I'm sorry, we can't look at that unless you pay us to look at that because it's outside of our scope of work. Uh, her project took so long to get done. I think it took over six months, but it was just too too much. So, so let's look at scenario number two. The borrower presents a project to do a sizable project, but there isn't quite enough money to do all that's laid out to be done. I say, you can't do it for this budget you've presented. It's just not possible. Then the other foot hits the floor. The borrower says something like, well, I have 45000 more that I'm going to give the contractor to cover the additional cost, but I want to keep my loan amount under control. Well, isn't that what we just said? Your loan amount can be kept under control by putting that $45,000 down. What else happens? Maybe that puts you in the 20% down program, which requires... Uh, if you're putting 20% down, you're going to get a 80% loan, which puts you into a better interest rate, maybe a conventional loan, a conventional K product, like the home style. There's so many things. If you'll just tell your consultant the truth going in, tell your lender the truth going in, we can help you. But if you hide that, how can we help you? Well, luckily... If he's putting 45000 down, and it's greater than 20% down, he can get it back at the end if it's not used. Okay? So 45000 additional down payment is is nice to have, okay? Gives him have maybe a loan that he could live with for 30 years. Most 203K loans are refinanced as soon as the construction is done into a better interest rate. But a better way to have closed this loan, include all the work you want to do, put all the money down that you got to put down on this thing, and identify it as contingency reserve. And a portion can be refunded to you if they don't get into the contingency reserve. That's the best way to do it. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about what happens when an FHA loan an FHA 203K guaranteed loan goes sideways. Okay, we hear all kinds of stories. Everyone, Everybody wants to lay the blame on someone else when these loans go sideways, and some do. But they go sideways mainly when you don't tell the truth going in. If the borrower lies and doesn't be honest with the consultant, chances are going sideways are much greater. Uh, we had one associates in, one of our associates in New Jersey call me, and his client called him to say they were ready for their first draw inspection. They had about $30,000 ready to draw. He gets out there with all of his paperwork, 
And not one thing, not one item was on his scope of work. And I asked him, I said, well, how much did you pay for the things that were, were completed? He said, nothing. Not one thing was on my scope of work. And I said, you did good. We can't pay for items that aren't on the scope of work, and we can only pay a percentage of those items that are completed. Um, I've had people jump at me because the uh, roof wasn't finished. I was on my way out of town, out of the country, and I took an employer with me at the time. We did a draw inspection, and they wanted 100% of the roof because it was going to be finished in just a couple of hours. And they wanted paid for a fence that was going across the back of the yard, the rear yard, and it was going to be finished by the end of the day. Well, I'm there at 10 in the morning. I, I had them sign the paperwork, and then I, I cut back 5% on the roof, and I cut back... I think 70% on the fence. It just, all it was was posts and some stringers at this point. They hadn't put any of the planks up. And as I'm driving away, apparently the roofer said, do we get 100%? Well, I paid a few other things that we found that were completed to a percentage. They got all the money they needed. They just didn't get it where they had hoped to get it. And the funny thing is, instead of saying, we got you covered, the owner says, no, they wouldn't pay that. And before he could say, but we got your money, anyway, the roofer threw his arms up in the air, and with the weight of his hammer, it threw him backwards, and he fell off of a two-story roof, breaking a leg or two. I'm not sure I remember it now, but isn't that terrible? All for nothing. He got all of his money, it just came from the contractor's other account. He wasn't going to get 10% anyway because it's a 10% holdback. So, hello, this guy caused it. So two weeks later when I came back off the cruise, they called me for another draw. And as I pulled up and I saw the roof still wasn't finished and the fence in the backyard still wasn't finished, I said, what happened? I thought those were going to be done that day. Uh, their excuse was, well, he fell off the roof because you didn't pay him all of it. I said, no, he fell off the roof because he's stupid. And he threw his arms up with his hammer in his hand and threw his off balance. But he didn't throw it because I didn't pay him for work that wasn't done, because we never pay for work that isn't done. Anyway, so that same guy in New Jersey called me back uh, he, about a week later and said, I got the same issue with a different client. He did the same darn thing. Contractor said when he got to the job, the owner said, scrap all that scope of work. We're going to do something entirely different. No, you're not. Not and get paid for it. Not with the money from the FHA guaranteed loan. But it, it woke me up to a deficiency in the training of this consultant. So I always work to make things impossible to fail. So what we did is we did a little retraining and explained. Uh, the, the consultant knew not to pay for anything, so the training was good. He, he knew that. But what we've done is now is we've added a, uh, a stipulation in our contract, in a homeowner contractor agreement, and in the bid uh, uh, specifications. In our bid specifications that every contractor has to read so he can bid on it, 
in item, line item 35, which is miscellaneous, we added eight notes, notes of clarification. One of those is there's no upfront money. There is no upfront money with a renovation loan. You got to do use your own credit, use your uh, money, whatever you want to use, and get something installed. Then we reimburse the contractor. Now the con, what we've added is note number eight is the contractor nor the homeowner have the right to change the specification of repairs without prior written authorization from the lender and the consultant. By signing below, the contractor and homeowner and their agents certify and agree that they have read the specification of repairs in its entirety and hereby agree to its terms, conditions, and procedures, policies, dimensions, and pricing, and hereby release the consultant from liability from any possible future damages that may occur from their actions, period. Uh, one of the biggest issues is brought on by the homeowner or the borrower when they want to keep the loan amount as low as possible. When, when they tell me that, I know they're heading for the wrong place. They're worried about the wrong end of this thing, and at some point they're going to start worrying about not having enough money to actually finish the project. They're not going to have the money to finish the project. Um, so that that's scary. Keeping it as low as possible. No, you don't want to keep it as low as possible. What you do want to do is you want to keep it reasonable to get the job done. You don't want to run out of money before the project uh, is completed. And by doing so, you're in a much better shape. Wow. I am interesting. I see that uh, Doug is grinning at me from ear to ear like it's time for another break. I'm looking at the clock, and it is. So call us at 888-627-6008 and be part of the show. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this short break. We found the perfect house, but there's been no updating it for many years. Then we heard about the FHA 203K where we can buy that home and get the money to fix it up all in one low interest rate loan. What a great idea. Call us at 888-627-6008. Toll free to be part of the show. Now, let's pick up where we left off. Um, if you ever need assistance with your, uh, if you're any part of the transaction, whether you're a homeowner, a contractor, uh, a lender, a loan officer, uh, we can help you get through those tough points or tough times. Uh, I grew up in Richmond, California. My my town was totally ripe and still is ripe for 203Ks, as is Oakland. Most every place that has older homes is ripe. 
and they don't have to always be older homes. They can be uh, new homes or newer homes. As long as they're a year old or more and have had a certificate of occupancy, they're eligible for 203K repairs. Some people get evicted from a house, and for some reason they feel that's their ticket to delay damages to the house. Well, that's not true. That's not the fact. Uh, you should not be doing that. That's criminal. Uh, we caught people. We went to do a inspection on a house, and all the kitchen cabinets had been moved into the garage. So we, uh, Linder ended up calling the police and reporting it. We had to reinstall them. And that's, that's just too bad. That really is too bad. So when I, when I grew up in Richmond and San Pablo, uh, it's always a special treat to do something, some consulting in your own backyard where you grew up, and you get to see some of the houses that you uh, were like the ones you lived in and the neighbors that you, neighborhoods that you lived in. But over the years, we've done hundreds of projects in my hometown. I remember one we did on a home where the city was demolishing several homes adjacent to the houses that we were the house that we were working on, uh, but that block had been set up. A lot of people uh, got a little angry when the city came in and, and gave an ultimatum: "You fix this house up, or we're going to fix it up for you. We're going to clean up the yards and." and fix up the house, and these people walked into the city and just threw their mortgages down here. You want the house so bad? Take it. Um, so they were done a knockdown. I think they were knocking down four or five houses on that block. The problem was they went one too far. One house too far. We get there, and I can't find the address of the house that we're supposed to meet at, and about then the borrower pulls up, and they look, and, oh, my God. Where's our house? So the city had taken out one too many homes. Well, I've been always been a problem solver, so I called HUD from the site and got a hold of my engineer contract, engineering contact at HUD. He was so much fun to work with, by the way. Anyway, uh, I asked him, I said, what can we do? The city took out one too many houses. Uh, he said, is there any part of the foundation left? And I told him there were three piers left on the site. He instructed me to put those in my truck. Uh, I drove a Cadillac at that time. I didn't have a truck. But the contractor popped up and he said, here, throw those in your truck. And we saved them. And we ended up putting in a manufactured home, moved it in there. So in that neighborhood, if you'd have tried to put everything together, in the standard fashion, the day you put in the uh, copper piping, should you use copper, would be the same day that it would be removed, and you'd have to put it again tomorrow. Uh, so manufactured homes have become a preference, at least in San Pablo area. So you build the whole house in a factory, you bring it in, and you set it down uh, on the site, and now you've got to just hook up, make your hookups, and you don't leave everything exposed for things to disappear or walk away. So we found uh, we did like pick those three piers, and we strategically placed them near the crawl space as instructed by the HUD engineer. 
so they'd be easy to find should anybody look under the house. Now, today, you can't do that. Nobody at HUD Engineering is going to allow you to do that. Today, you go strictly by the guideline, which says you have, if you've got nothing but the foundation and it's intact and you can use it fully, you can build a home on it. But not uh, not going to happen the way we did it there. That was back in the 1990s, uh, probably 95, 96 in that area. But you're not going to be able to do it today. It's just a fun story we had. Uh, another place, uh, Oakland, California, is a stronghold for renovation loans. Many, many, many there. I couldn't believe one we did had two large houses. One was almost at the property line. I think it was had two feet between the property line at the rear of the house and on one side. Had about six feet on the other side. And then coming forward, it was just the opposite. The front house was built close to the property line on the right side and had a wide space on the left side. Neither house had uh, foundations. The rear house never had a foundation. It was on pier and post. But it never had a perimeter foundation. The front house had a foundation that had failed. So we ended up putting new foundations under both houses, uh, which was interesting. Uh, whether you use the standard 203K or a limited 203K, which is non-structural issues and amounts less than uh, 35000 is what the guideline says. Don't be fooled by that. It's not 35000 Check with your lender. Find out how much uh, is going to be their required amount for contingency reserve. If they say zero, then it's going to be 34200 If they say we have a 10% required contingency reserve, then your construction cost is going to be somewhere around 32000 it's not going to be 35000 because you have to count costs and fees of the loan and any contingency. And a lot of lenders charge 20% on a limited 203K. So a limited 203K with 20%, you're now talking about 28000 is all that's available for construction. But they do have 20%. So we got that 20% for uh, contingency. And that takes you back to the twenty-eight thousand. So you you got to twenty. What's about five thousand that you can do and get into the contingency and do some more work with. Um, so anyway, when you say two hundred three K consultant, you automatically think about the loan officer who can put these loans together on the lending side. But the actual two hundred three K consultant is the person on the ground, guy or gal that works with the client to create a scope of work and then bids the job. If your consultant isn't bidding the job in advance, he's not doing his job properly or her job properly. So you should have a reasonable expectation of what the costs associated with your project will be prior to signing the final paperwork. So anyway, uh, wow, this looks pretty good, but looks like we're up against the clock. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being with us today. Get some uh, get some courage and call in next week. So, anyway, join us next week, Sunday, between 1 and 2 Pacific Standard Time, where we broadcast to you from our Las Vegas offices. 
and Nevada. That's for those of you in Rio Linda that don't know where Las Vegas is. Um, but we look forward to seeing you next time. Please bring your questions and plan on calling in. It's much more fun when we have callers. May God bless you until then. Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to BBS Radio Station 1 and learn more about making home renovations possible, profitable, and hassle-free. Isn't it time you learned how to make money doing something you loved? Visit 203konline.com now and let's get your home makeover projects done right. <laughs> 